Bible Curious, where we explore the entire Bible from cover to cover, asking ourselves, what is the Holy Bible? What claims does it make about God? And what message does it have for us today? Whether you are faithful or unfaithful, believing, unbelieving, or just plain curious, this series is for you. I'm Arthur Milliken, and today we will be reading Exodus chapters 30 through 32 from the World English Bible. You can find our reading plan at biblecurious.org plan. Exodus chapter 30, Introduction. Yahweh next gives instructions to Moses regarding sanctification of sacred space. A gold-plated altar of incense, one meter tall and half a meter square, would sit before the veil to the Holy of Holies, and the high priest would maintain its burning perpetually, except while the tabernacle was taken down for relocation, at which time the altar of incense would be carried with gold-plated poles, much like the Ark of the Covenant and the Table of Showbread. The Israelites are to be counted in a census, and a half-shekel temple tax would be levied as a ransom for each soul, regardless of social status. A bronze basin would rest between the tabernacle and sacrificial altar for priests to wash. Anointing oil and incense must be mixed according to specific recipes given by God, and these mixtures would be used to sanctify priestly objects in sacred space to make them holy, setting them apart from everyday human affairs. This chapter includes the altar of incense, the atonement money, the bronze basin, the anointing oil, the incense. Exodus chapter 30 You shall make an altar to burn incense on. You shall make it of acacia wood. Its length shall be a cubit, and its width a cubit. It shall be square, and its height shall be two cubits. Its horns shall be of one piece with it. You shall overlay it with pure gold, its top, its sides around it, and its horns. And you shall make a gold molding around it. You shall make two golden rings for it under its molding. On its two ribs, on its two sides, you shall make them. And they shall be for places for poles with which to bear it. You shall make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. You shall put it before the veil that is by the Ark of the Covenant, before the mercy seat that is over the covenant, where I will meet with you. Aaron shall burn incense of sweet spices on it every morning. When he tends the lamps, he shall burn it. When Aaron lights the lamps at evening, he shall burn it, a perpetual incense before Yahweh throughout your generations. You shall offer no strange incense on it, nor burnt offering, nor meal offering, and you shall pour no drink offering on it. Aaron shall make atonement on its horns once in the year. With the blood of the sin offering of atonement once in the year, he shall make atonement for it throughout your generations. It is most holy to Yahweh. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, when you take a census of the children of Israel, according to those who are counted among them, each man shall give a ransom for his soul to Yahweh when you count them, that there be no plague among them when you count them. 
they shall give this. Everyone who passes over to those who are counted half a shekel according to the shekel of the sanctuary. The shekel is twenty geras, half a shekel for an offering to Yahweh. Everyone who passes over to those who are counted from twenty years old and upward shall give the offering to Yahweh. The rich shall not give more, and the poor shall not give less than the half shekel when they give the offering of Yahweh to make atonement for your souls. You shall take the atonement money from the children of Israel and shall appoint it for the service of the tent of meeting, that it may be a memorial for the children of Israel before Yahweh to make atonement for your souls. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, You shall also make a basin of bronze, and its base of bronze in which to wash. You shall put it between the tent of meeting and the altar, and you shall put water in it. Aaron and his sons shall wash their hands and their feet in it. When they go into the tent of meeting, they shall wash with water that they not die. Or when they come near to the altar to minister, to burn an offering made by fire to Yahweh. So they shall wash their hands and their feet that they not die. This shall be a statute forever to them, even to him and to his descendants throughout their generations. Moreover, Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Also take fine spices of liquid myrrh, five hundred shekels, and of fragrant cinnamon, half as much, even two hundred and fifty, and of fragrant cane, two hundred fifty, and of cassia, five hundred, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, and a hin of olive oil. You shall make it into a holy anointing oil, a perfume compounded after the art of the perfumer. It shall be a holy anointing oil. You shall use it to anoint the tent of meeting, the ark of the covenant, the table and all its articles, the lampstand and its accessories, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering with all its utensils, and the basin with its base. You shall sanctify them that they be most holy. Whatever touches them shall be holy. You shall anoint Aaron and his sons and sanctify them that they may minister to me in the priest's office. You shall speak to the children of Israel, saying, This shall be a holy anointing oil to me throughout your generations. It shall not be poured on man's flesh, and do not make any like it according to its composition. It is holy. It shall be holy to you. Whoever compounds any like it, or whoever puts any of it on a stranger, he shall be cut off from his people. Yahweh said to Moses, Take to yourself sweet spices, gum resin, anika, and galbanum, sweet spices with pure frankincense. There shall be an equal weight of each. You shall make incense of it, a perfume, after the art of the perfumer, seasoned with salt, pure and holy. You shall beat some of it very small, and put some of it before the covenant in the tent of meeting, where I will meet with you. It shall be to you most holy. You shall not make this incense according to its composition for yourselves. It shall be to you holy for Yahweh. 
Whoever shall make any like it to smell of it, he shall be cut off from his people. These instructions enable the Israelites to create sacred space for communion with their God and also to serve as a test of obedience. Can they follow instructions? For example, verse 9 says this about the altar of incense. You shall offer no strange incense on it, nor burnt offering, nor meal offering, and you shall pour no drink offering on it. And we will see in Leviticus chapter 10 the tragic outcome when two of Aaron's sons disobey these instructions. In Psalm 141, King David likens prayer to incense. Let my prayer be set before you like incense, the lifting up of my hands like the evening sacrifice. If we apply this metaphor to our own lives, then the perpetual smoke of incense within the tabernacle would represent a perpetual practice of prayer in the modern Christian or Jew. Anointing oil would be poured on the high priest in tabernacle furniture to make them holy or set apart from ordinary life, and incense would be used not only to sweeten the air from the smell of ritual sacrifices performed outside, but also to set aside holy space within the tent, where Yahweh promised to manifest himself above the mercy seat of the ark. Misuse of the holy anointing oil of incense would be punished with karat, or being cut off from his people. This implied not only capital punishment, but also permanent separation of the offending soul from fellowship with the Israelite people. Exodus chapter 31, Introduction Yahweh names two craftsmen who will lead the people in preparing the tabernacle, Bezalel, whose name means in the shadow of God, and Oholiab, whose name means my tent is the father. Bezalel would be filled with the spirit of God, and both men would be gifted with wisdom in their hearts to ensure a successful enterprise. Yahweh warns Moses that the Sabbath must be observed even while building the tabernacle of God, and then concludes his communion with Moses by giving him two tablets of testimony on which were written the original Ten Commandments. This chapter includes Bezalel and Oholiab the craftsman, the sign of the Sabbath. Moses receives the tablets. Exodus chapter 31. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Behold, I have called by name Bezalel the son of Uri, the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all kinds of workmanship to devise skillful works to work in gold and in silver and in bronze and in cutting of stones for setting, and in carving of wood, to work in all kinds of workmanship. Behold, I myself have appointed with him Oholiab, the son of Ahishamach, of the tribe of Dan. And in the heart of all who are wise-hearted, I have put wisdom, that they may make all that I have commanded you, the tent of meeting, the ark of the covenant, the mercy seat that is on it, all of the furniture of the tent, 
the table and its vessels, the pure lamp stand with all its vessels, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering with all its vessels, the basin and its base, the finely worked garments, the holy garments for Aaron the priest, the garments of his sons to minister in the priest's office, the anointing oil, and the incense of sweet spices for the holy place, according to all that I have commanded you, they shall do. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, Most certainly you shall keep my Sabbaths, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am Yahweh who sanctifies you. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death, for whoever does any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to Yahweh. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall surely be put to death. Therefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days Yahweh made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. When he finished speaking with him on Mount Sinai, he gave Moses the two tablets of the covenant, stone tablets written with God's finger. The Ten Commandments were the first and only passage of Scripture written by Yahweh's own finger, and these stone tablets would serve as the very heart of the entire Israelite religion. Remember that these Ten Commandments began with, I am Yahweh your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. They then continued, You shall not make for yourselves an idol, nor any image of anything that is in the heavens above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow yourself down to them, nor serve them. For I, Yahweh your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children on the third and on the fourth generation of those who hate me, and showing loving kindness to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. It was a mere 40 days earlier that Yahweh shouted these commandments from the top of Mount Sinai, and the terrified people said to Moses, Speak with us yourself and we will listen, but don't let God speak with us lest we die. How quickly men forget. Exodus chapter 32, Introduction As Moses spends 40 days and 40 nights up on the mountain with God, the people grow restless and rebellious, acting out in flagrant defiance against God's previous orders. When God spoke to them from the top of Mount Sinai, the very first thing he told them not to do 
was to make images and worship them. And so, of course, the Israelites gather before Aaron to demand that he create a god for them to worship. Aaron meekly complies, crafting a golden calf and declaring a feast to Yahweh. Predictably, this angers both Yahweh and Moses, leading to violent and humiliating consequences for the children of Israel. In fact, Yahweh becomes so angry that he threatens to wipe out the entire population, and Moses must negotiate with Yahweh to secure their survival. This chapter includes the golden calf. Moses informed of Israel's sin. Moses descends with the tablets. Moses breaks the tablets. Moses intercedes for Israel. Exodus chapter 32. When the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Come, make us gods which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what has become of him. Aaron said to them, Take off your golden rings, which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters, and bring them to me. All the people took off the golden rings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. He received what they handed him, fashioned it with an engraving tool, and made it a molded calf. Then they said, These are your gods, Israel, which brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a feast to Yahweh. They rose up early on the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. Yahweh said to Moses, Go, get down. For your people, whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. They have turned away quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made themselves a molded calf, and have worshipped it, and have sacrificed to it, and said, These are your gods, Israel, which brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Yahweh said to Moses, I have seen these people, and behold, they are a stiff-necked people. Now therefore leave me alone, that my wrath may burn hot against them, and that I may consume them, and I will make of you a great nation. Moses begged Yahweh his God and said, Yahweh, why does your wrath burn hot against your people that you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians talk, saying, He brought them out for evil, to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the surface of the earth? Turn from your fierce wrath and turn away from this evil against your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, to whom you swore by your own self and said to them, I will multiply your offspring as the stars of the sky and all this land that I have spoken of, 
I will give to your offspring, and they shall inherit it forever. So Yahweh turned away from the evil which he said he would do to his people. Moses turned and went down from the mountain with the two tablets of the covenant in his hand, tablets that were written on both their sides. They were written on one side and on the other. The tablets were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. When Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, There is the noise of war in the camp. He said, This isn't the voice of those who shout for victory. It is not the voice of those who cry for being overcome, but the noise of those who sing that I hear. As soon as he came near to the camp, he saw the calf and the dancing. Then Moses' anger grew hot, and he threw the tablets out of his hands and broke them beneath the mountain. He took the calf which they had made and burned it with fire, ground it to powder, and scattered it on the water and made the children of Israel drink it. Moses said to Aaron, What did these people do to you that you have brought a great sin on them? Aaron said, Don't let the anger of my Lord grow hot. You know the people that they are set on evil, for they said to me, Make us gods which shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what has become of them. I said to them, Whoever has any gold, let them take it off. So they gave it to me. And I threw it into the fire. And out came this calf. When Moses saw that the people were out of control, for Aaron had let them lose control, causing derision among their enemies, then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Whoever is on Yahweh's side, come to me. All the sons of Levi gathered themselves together to him. He said to them, Yahweh, the God of Israel, says, Every man put his sword on his thigh and go back and forth from gate to gate throughout the camp, and every man kill his brother, and every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. The sons of Levi did, according to the word of Moses, about 3,000 men fell of the people that day. Moses said, Consecrate yourselves today to Yahweh, for every man was against his son and against his brother, that he may give you a blessing today. On the next day, Moses said to the people, You have sinned, a great sin. Now I will go up to Yahweh. Perhaps I shall make atonement for your sin. Moses returned to Yahweh and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made themselves gods of gold. Yet now, if you will, forgive their sin. And if not, please blot me out of your book, which you have written. Yahweh said to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot him out of my book. Now go. Lead the people to the place of which I have spoken to you. Behold, my angel shall go before you, 
Nevertheless, in the day when I punish, I will punish them for their sin. Yahweh struck the people because of what they did with the calf which Aaron made. The Canaanite god El was often depicted as a bull, and because Aaron declared a feast to Yahweh in celebration of the golden calf, I think we can assume this idol was meant to represent Yahweh, whom the patriarchs had also referred to by the name El. However, Yahweh was very clear about what he considers unacceptable forms of worship, and this orgiastic festival was absolutely not acceptable. Moses may have been absent for 40 days and 40 nights, and the people may have grown impatient, bored, nervous, or even afraid, but consider this. Every single day that Moses was gone, these people ate manna from heaven, so they knew that God had not forgotten them. This rebellion was simply a cry for attention, an act of protest intended to provoke a response from their God. The Israelites were foolishly testing Yahweh. They wanted to see what he would do if they provoked him to anger. The great irony was that Yahweh was prepared to obliterate them completely, and it was only due to Moses' intercession that he relented, and so Moses was saddled with a dilemma of his own. If he allowed Israel's sin to go unpunished, they would have mistakenly thought that they had gotten away with their act of rebellion, and would probably have provoked Yahweh one last and fatal time. Moses had to make it absolutely clear that Yahweh was not fooling around. The slaughter of 3,000 Israelites at the hands of the tribe of Levi may have been horrifying, but it was considerably less horrifying than the alternative. One thing I find fascinating is how the name Joshua randomly appears throughout the Exodus narrative. Verse 17 reads, When Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, There's the noise of war in the camp. Next chapter, we will learn that Joshua is the son of Nun, and the book of Numbers reveals him to be from the tribe of Ephraim, and that he was originally named Hoshea. Other than that, who knows? There is no nativity narrative for Joshua, and the Bible never explains how or when Joshua was called into ministry. As mentioned earlier, I believe Joshua is an incarnation of the Christ soul, and his primary role in Exodus is to act as a witness to the relationship between Moses, Yahweh, and the children of Israel. In that capacity, Joshua has much in common with you and me, and maybe that's the point. Let us pray. Father, forgive us our sins and help us to forgive those who have sinned against us. Bring us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. How easily we can fall into patterns of fear and worry. And exactly this is Satan's favorite playground. Please 
grant me patience and humility and courage so that I don't turn away from you and seek idols of my own to worship. Save me from the evil one. Save me from myself. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Thank you for listening. If you've satisfied any of your Bible curiosity, please rate this series. If you have feedback, write a review. And if you are still curious for more, please subscribe so that we can send you timely updates and join us for our next episode where we will be reading Exodus chapters 33 through 35. The Lord renews his covenant. Phew, what a relief. This is Arthur Millicent.